Alright, go ahead and go to Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17 tonight. Boy, I was reading this chapter in the Bible and I was amazed at what I saw in this chapter. I am constantly amazed at how things just don't really change in the world. Things just, they don't change with people. They don't change with certain groups of people. And when we look at this story, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and read Acts chapter 17 verses 1 through 13. And when you, I'm telling you, I, I was, I was amazed at what I saw in this passage. I'm telling you, things have not changed in the world very much in 2000 years. And what I'm going to talk about tonight are protesters and agitators. All right. I think this is kind of a weird subject to talk about. You know, why are we talking about protesters? Well, one reason is protesters are very influential in this country, aren't they? I mean, look, you know, the news media is constantly showing protesters protesting things. And you know what? Nine, 99 times out of 100, the protesters are showing are protesting something completely stupid, something that's completely wrong. And But they are. They are influencing the masses. These people are a small minority, and yet they are... Their voice is it's changing things in this country. It is affecting things in a bad way. And I look at these protests sometimes and I watch these people and I think, how are they influencing anybody? You know, I mean, and I'm just going to tell you right off the bat and I'm going to show you it was the same thing in the Bible. Protesters are usually just the scum of the earth. You know, and it's like, why can't we get good people to protest good things? You know Why? Because good people all have jobs and they're all working. And most of these protests, they go on during the week, during the daytime when most people are working. And so there's the, that's one of the biggest reasons right there. But pay attention to what I'm going to read here. And then we're going to, we'll kind of go back and break some of this down. But you're going to see that things have not changed much. And so look at verse 1. It says, Now when they had passed through Am, whatever, and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica where was the synagogue of the Jews. And Paul, as his manner was, went in unto them, and three Sabbath days reasoned with them out of the Scriptures, opening and alleging that Christ must needs have suffered and risen again from the dead, and that this Jesus whom I preach unto you is Christ. And some of them believed and consorted with Paul and Silas, and of the devout Greeks a great multitude, and of the chief women not a few. But of the Jews which believed not, moved with envy, took unto them certain lewd fellows of the baser sort." And gathered a company and set all the city on an uproar. Got a draft going through here. And assaulted the house of Jason and sought to bring them out to the people. And when they had found them not, they drew Jason and certain brethren unto the rulers of the city, crying, These that have turned the world upside down are come hither also, whom Jason hath received, and these all do contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying that there is another king, one Jesus." And they troubled the people and the rulers of the city when they heard these things. And when they had taken security of Jason of the other, they let them go. And the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night unto Berea, who coming thither went into the synagogue of the Jews. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica, and that they received the word with all readiness of mind, and searched the Scriptures daily whether those things were so. Therefore many of them believed also of honorable women, which were Greeks, and of men not a few, but when the Jews of Thessalonica had knowledge that the word of God was preached to Paul at Berea, they came thither also and stirred up the people. So notice we see in this story, Paul, he made some enemies among the Jews. These Jews were powerful, influential people in the cities. And Paul, he's coming there and he's literally shaking things up. 
Okay, you know when you start getting in trouble is when you start making a difference. Okay, you know when you start uh, when you, you know we have free speech in this country. You know until people start making a difference, and then they try to find some way to shut you up. That's just the way it works. And he is he's upsetting some powerful, influential people in the city. We see many Jews got saved. There were many that believed. You know, there were many of the Greeks that believed, but then, the, but the leaders, the Jewish leaders, they believed not. The Bible says there were some the Jews which believed not. And these guys are but they're shaking things up. And what's interesting in the story is how the leadership went after Paul. I mean, he got a target on his back. They went after him. And when we study the story, it, be, it becomes very clear things have not changed much in the world. So we see there in verse 4, it says, And as they went through the cities, they delivered them... The, or that's chapter 16. It says, And some of them believed and consorted with Paul and Silas, and of the devout Greeks, a great multitude, and of the chief women, not a few. Right? So we see a great multitude. This, is, this was the problem. You know, in, in many country, other countries, they have... Uh, I've talked to missionaries before where they have religious freedom to a certain extent. A Baptist is allowed to be there. um, Even some Muslim countries. I I can't remember which country it was, but I talked to a missionary one time, went to a Muslim country. I believe it was Turkey. And he told me that, you know, they're allowed to have a Baptist church there, but uh, it's legal and everything. But the problem is if you start converting Muslims, then you can get in trouble. If you can find people there that aren't Muslim, you know, that are in the country for some other reason or, you know, are born into some kind of Christian family, that's fine. But once you start converting Muslims, it can get you in trouble. You know, as long as your church is small, as long as you just got a few people, you know, they'll let you be there so they can act like, you know, we've got religious freedom in this country. But once you start making a difference, you're going to get some enemies. And we've seen, I've seen it in America today, you know, this church, the churches that are out there that are making a difference. The people who, I mean, are getting their message out there and changing people's minds. You see the way the world tries to silence them. You know, we see, you know, we spoke, we say we supposedly have free speech in this country. And, you know, I, even things like YouTube, okay? You know, YouTube, I understand that's not, that's a private thing. It's not the government, but supposedly, you know, they're all about free speech and giving people a voice. But yet, you know, I've seen, you know, Brother Mark has experienced how they'll take some of his videos down if it gets too true. You know, they've, they've taken some things off and they give him a strike, you know, because of, what did they give you a strike for the last time? Yeah, it was hate speech. Alright? And it was for the born that way after all, or burn that way after all documentary. I didn't see how that was hate speech. I actually, I, I, I thought it was really good, but they, they gave, I, you know, that's just, that's stupid. Now, you know why they went after that video? Because the guy who made that video is making a difference. And so, you know, he's changing people's minds. He's making an impact. And so they're, they're going after him. You know, people like me that I haven't got, you know, their attention yet, you know, they'll leave me alone. But the thing is, if I start making too much of a difference, then, you know, they'll, they'll send their minions. That's, that's what they do. You know, they'll go and they'll protest some of these churches. And, you know, you're fine until you start making a difference. You know, they say that we're, it's okay. You know, you got some politicians that act like you're fine. Uh, you know, we support you having religious freedom. You know, it's okay if you don't want to serve gays and things like that. But the thing is, you know, they'll, they'll tell you you're okay with that, but once you start making a difference and influencing other people, they start going crazy and things change real quick. And we see Paul, he's getting the multitudes 
won to Christ. And so the powers that be are starting to lose their influence. And so they go after him. And we see in verse five, it says, but the Jews, which believe not moved with envy. See, this was their problem. All right. These guys were the leaders and I'm just, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt here. I might be stretching this a little bit. I think these people in our standards, we would, we would call them decent people who I think, you know, had good motivations because think about it. At where they're at right now, the gospel has never been brought there before, okay? They don't know about Jesus yet, okay? The gospel is just starting to get spread through the world. So these people, they're Jews that have been waiting for the Messiah. And so now Paul comes along to tell the Jews, he always went to the Jews first because these are the people that were looking for Messiah to tell them, hey, the Messiah showed up. Okay, it wasn't like back then, you know, when Jesus died on the cross, they didn't have the news cameras there. They didn't have social media. It had the message had to be spread by preachers that would go around and go. They would travel around and tell people what happened. And so they they did. They went there. He's telling them that, hey, this is what happened. The Messiah did come and many of them believed. But the thing is, now Paul's the one coming and he's giving people the new information. Okay, Paul's the one who obviously is the guy that has the answers, now all these other people are becoming less significant. And instead of just giving in to the Holy Spirit and just, you know, getting saved and helping Paul, listen, we see Paul everywhere he went. He would try to, they would ordain elders and they would try to have people that uh, they could train to run things. These guys probably still would have been in charge if they would have just worked with Paul. But they got moved with envy. And, and so they, they hardened their hearts and they end, up fighting, they end up fighting against them. And so we see that their problem was, you know, they, they weren't, you know, some people they led by conviction. Others led to feed their ego. Some of the people got saved. Okay. They obviously were no, they were noble, but these guys, they, it was all about their ego. It was all about them being in charge, them having the control. And here comes another guy who people are starting to listen to. And so they go all berserk. And, you know, the way you can tell the difference between the person who's leading by conviction versus someone who is just out there leading to feed their own ego because they want to be somebody important. And even, even with pastors, this is a problem. Some guys, they do. They lead by conviction. They want to make a difference. They want to help people. Some guys want to be a big shot. That's what it's all about. How can you tell the difference? How do I know if Brother Tommy is leading by conviction or if he just wants to be a big shot? Well, I think the way you tell is by how they respond to another's success. That's a huge thing right there. How do they respond when another person succeeds? Look at John chapter 3. In verse 26, John chapter three and verse 26. See, we've got a big envy problem that goes on even amongst Baptists sometimes. But look what it says in John three twenty-six. It says, and they came unto John and said unto him, Rabbi, he that was with thee beyond Jordan, to whom thou bearest witness, behold, the same baptizes and all men come to him. John, we got a problem here. You're not the main guy anymore that people are looking to. This Jesus has come along and everyone's going to him. And John answered and said, A man can receive nothing except to be given him from heaven. Ye yourselves bear me witness that I said I am not the Christ, but that I am sent before him. He that hath the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom, which standeth and heareth him, rejoiceth greatly 
because of the bridegroom's voice. This my joy, therefore, is fulfilled. He must increase, but I must decrease. That's from John the Baptist. I wish more Baptists acted like that. That's not how most of them act. He that cometh from above is above all, and he that is of the earth is earthly, and speaketh of the earth. He that cometh from heaven is above all. And what he has seen and heard, that he testifieth, and no man receiveth his testimony. He that rece- hath received his testimony hath set to his seal that God is true. For he whom God hath sent speaketh the words of God, for God giveth not the Spirit by measure unto him. The Father loveth the Son, and hath given him all things into his hand. He that believeth in the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. We all know that verse, verse 36 real well there. But notice John, he's basically saying here, you know what? I don't care that I am now losing influence. I don't care that I am shrinking in significance. You know what? What I'm really here for, Jesus Christ, He's obviously being exalted and that's okay by me. He had no problem with it whatsoever. His joy was full because of that. He was thrilled at the success of Jesus Christ. You know why? Because John wasn't leading to be a leader. He wasn't leading to be a big shot. He was leading to make a difference. He was leading by conviction. And so somebody coming along, and we see too, I don't have time to show you the evidence of it, but some of Jesus' disciples were John's disciples. Well, Jesus stole John's disciples. Well, wait a minute. If John's a follower of Christ and Jesus needs his follow, did Jesus not outrank John? So if Jesus needs some of his, you know, his guys, then John should be okay with that. And John was okay with that. And boy, I I, I love John the Baptist. I I love, I love his attitude. Look at Philippians chapter one. Now, here's a great example, too, because you get petty stuff that goes on amongst Christians sometimes. So I'm giving you this so you can know who's leading by conviction and who's leading to feed their ego. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 12, it says, But I would that you should understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel. What's happening to me, these, are, these happen so the gospel could go out even more. So that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all other places. And many of the brethren in the Lord, waxing confident by my bonds, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. This has kind of motivated some. What Paul was going through, it kind of lit a fire under some other people. Paul's suffering motivated more people to get out and get involved. And it says in um, verse 15, Some indeed preach Christ even of envy and strife. In some of goodwill, you all see that? Some do it by conviction. Some do it to feed their ego of envy and strife. That's what Paul said. Some of these people out there preaching are doing it out of envy and strife. What if, and look at what Paul says about these people. Does he say, I hope those people drop dead? No, look what it says. It says, the one preached Christ of contention, not sincerely supposing to add affliction to my bonds. It's like some people, they, they like the fact that Paul was in prison because, you know, this is our chance to move up the ranks. You know, Paul, he's got too much influence. I want to be the big shot. And here's my chance to move on in on his territory, move up the ranks while he's sitting in prison. It says, but, but the other of love, okay, some were doing it just because they love God, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. What then? Notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached 
And I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. For I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, according to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. But if I live in the flesh, that is the fruit of my labor. Yet what I shall choose, I wot not. You know what Paul is saying? He's like, you know what? Some people are they're doing this for the wrong reason. But you know, and what he was going through, it motivated the good people to keep on just fighting harder. Let's go do this for Paul. There was others that were preaching, trying to feed their ego for the wrong reason. This now motivated them that Paul was in prison because now this is their chance to move up the ranks. And you know what it did? It lit a fire under them to start preaching a little bit more. And Paul said, you know what? I don't care. Christ is being preached. That's what he was saying here. Hey, you know what? I mean, yeah, people should, their motivation should be right. But Paul wasn't sitting in there in prison when he's writing this letter, you know, saying, don't you dare follow these people. Don't you dare, you know, let them influence you more than you would let me, you know, than me. You know, don't you dare let them overthrow my throne. He wasn't about that. He was about preaching Christ. And his situation caused more people to preach Christ. Some people, it was bad motivation. But guess what? Christ was being preached. So Paul said, great. For me to live is Christ, to die is gain. If me dying will help advance the gospel, then so be it. That was his attitude. Paul was one who led by conviction not to feed his ego. And we've got a lot of people today, for example, in politics. There are some people that are in politics because they want to make the difference. They believe they've got answers. They believe they can make a difference. And, you know, they might get corrupted after they're in there for a while. But I believe a lot of people get into it for the right reason. Some people just want to be a big shot. Some people, they just want to lead. They, they, just, they want to control. And these people that are in leadership many times, they use others to do their fighting for them. Remember, now back in Acts chapter 17, remember, who was it that got upset with Paul? It was the Jews, the, the leaders of the Jews. Many Jews got saved. Okay, A multitude of the Greeks got saved. But look at what it's um uh look what it says in verse uh five. Okay? So they they do they use other people to do their fighting for them. When this so what when you see protests today, okay, you know the news media portrays it as you know the public is angry. You know the public is upset at Donald Trump. You know America hates Donald Trump, and proof of it is these fifty protesters out there. You know acting like a bunch of morons. You know proof of it. You know they're always using the protesters and saying this is what the country thinks. All right, they use they do that all the time. But we now know, we now know that these people are usually people being paid to go out and cause trouble, to be disruptive. You know, thank the Lord that, you know, we've got groups out there. You know, people probably, somebody might get mad at me for saying this, but you know what? I'm thankful for WikiLeaks. I'm thankful that they exposed some of these things and gave proof to the point the media actually had to cover it. My dad, 20 years ago, I mean, he was, he, uh, probably over 20 years ago, he talked to a protester. He was protesting something stupid. And the guy was like, I don't even really care. I'm being paid to be here. And my dad, for years and years and years, has said, these people are getting paid to go out and protest. 
These are not real things. But you know what? You know, nobody, you know, uh, that's, that's conspiracy. But, you know, thank God some people are getting some of these things out there and they're finding these things are conspiracies. These things are real. You know, the proof's out there now. The news media can't ignore it anymore. We know these people are getting paid and they're getting paid by agitators. And you know who many of these agitators are? Jews. George Soros. George Soros, this billionaire that he's, he's funding these Black Lives Matter groups that are going out there and just stirring things up, causing riots. And then the news media, who are usually run by Jews, this is what the whole country thinks. You know, look at these people tearing this town apart. You know, it's, it's amazing how things haven't changed. The Jews, they go and they get people to do their fighting for them. And who do they get? Look at who the, look at who the Bible says they got in verse 5. It says they took to them certain lewd fellows of the baser sort. Things have not changed, folks. You want to know these protests? Now, listen, the news media, they put the cameras on the right people, okay? But there's people out there that they, they will show you, okay? Sometime when your kids are not around, you know what? I, I, think, I think we need to do this sometimes. You should go and watch some of these videos of these protesters and see what it's really like. Okay, when they're promoting some of their filth and garbage with all the... I'll be nice tonight and just call them queers. Okay, they always show these clean-cut, decent-looking ones. But I'm telling you, at those protests, it is absolutely vile. It's lewd. It's base. It's disgusting what goes on at those things. These people are the scum of the earth. Now, you're not supposed to say that, but it's just true. It's just like it was in the Bible. They get certain lewd fellows of the baser sort. What does that mean? Well, base means low in place, obsolete. It means mean, vile, worthless. That is low in value or estimation. How can you say that about people? Well, that's what the Bible said about these protesters they had then. It says, of low station, of mean account, without rank, dignity, or estimation among men, used of persons, of mean spirit, disingenuous, Low, without dignity of sentiment, as a base and abject multitude of little comparative value applied to metals and perhaps to all metals except gold and silver, deep, grave, applied to sounds as the sounds of, I guess those ones don't uh, fit there. But then last, of illegitimate birth, born out of wedlock. They do. They get the filth and the scum of this earth. All right? And you can't get mad at me for saying that. The Bible just said that about these protesters. Certain lewd fellows of the baser sort. We call them today low lives. Okay? Base. Low. Lewd. What does lewd mean? Lewd means given to the unlawful indulgence of lust. Addicted to fornication or adultery. Dissolute. Lustful. Proceeding from unlawful lust as lewd actions. Wicked. Vile. Profligate. Licentious. These are what the Bible says. And what, what are they usually protesting? It's all the LGBT stuff. How do they get so many people to protest the LGBT stuff? Why is it so easy to get people to protest for that? Because protesters are usually those kind of people. When you're trying to do decent things, you know, said so decent people have jobs. You know, decent people aren't going to go out and make a scene. They're not going to go out and riot. They're not, they're not, you and I are not going to do those things. Okay? So, you know, we're not going to get on the news. We can go, we can get all of us in here and we can go protest whatever we want. And it's not going to make the newspapers. 
Why? Our, even right here in our town, our newspaper, it promotes, it promotes a sodomy. And it, it, it's disgusting, the things they promote. And our paper in our little town, it should not be like that. You know, we ought to go protest the newspaper. Now, they're not going to put that in the newspaper. But the thing is, even if all of us did that, you know, it's not going to make news. But if a group half our size of certain lewd fellows of the baser sort go protest something, it's going to be all over the newspaper. And I've seen them. They do those, they do those protests out there by the post office in Sterling. And I've seen, they'll, they'll put their pictures in the paper. And I drove by when they were doing those things. And there's like usually four or five people is all they even have out there. But it's always in the newspaper. And I do. I always, whenever I drive with those people, I roll my window down. I give them a thumbs down. I give them a stupid look. I yell, get a job. I do, I do things like that. All, I, you shouldn't do that. I don't care. You know, <laughs> I, you know I, I just, I have no respect for certain lewd fellows of the baser sort. Low life. These are the people that they get to do their dirty work. They get the scum of the earth. They get, they use the ignorant. Have you ever seen it? So the new, if you just watch mainstream news media, you don't see these things. Okay, but there's groups out there that they'll put this out there on the internet. They'll go interview some of these people that are protesting, you know, Donald Trump or whatever. And, you know, they'll start asking them questions and the issues and these people haven't got a clue. You know why? Because they're ignorant. There are certain lewd fellows of the baser sort. They're getting paid to be out there. They're going out there because it's going to be fun. These people are gullible. I mean, they will, they will ask them the craziest thing. I saw a guy one time, he was going around, and he's getting all these people to sign a petition banning free speech. Well, guess what? If we don't have free speech, you all can't do your stupid protests. But you know, they, they don't care. You know, the guy puts on a pink shirt. You know, he looks like a little trendy or something, and they think they can trust him. And they're just, they're stupid. They're gullible. I mean, they'll come up with the craziest things. One guy, he was, he was getting them to sign a petition trying to get Donald Trump indicted or arrested for something for, you know, for hate speech. For, I, I forgot what they were saying. He said, and, you know, man, yeah, lock him up for saying something like that. He's like, are you people that dumb? I mean, and yes, they are that dumb. You know, you all, we, you know, sometimes we get stuck in our own little worlds, okay? You know, most of you, the people that you're around on a regular basis, you know, your family, uh, your church family, they're going to be decent people, and your coworkers. And even though your coworkers might allow them to be lost, they at least have a job, all right? That means they're trying to provide for their family. They have a certain level of decency. And those are the only people around. But let me tell you, we've got a huge population of just pure scum human debris, all right? And I know that sounds mean, but let me tell you, there are a lot of them out there and people have no idea just how much of a growing population that is. And it's destroying our country and we've got all these goons out there. I mean, we've, we've got a lot of Christian people. They are scared to say things against the queers because of the fact that, oh no, the whole world's for them. No, they're not. Yeah, all the protests that they show on TV are, but most people aren't. That most people, even I love sometimes listening to lost people talk about them. It's great. They say things that I would never say. Why? Because I don't use that kind of language, you know. But man, they they do. It's it. People don't like it, but they do. They use ignorance. They use the gullible. They use the vilest of people. They use people who have no shame. You see, they're not going to be able to pay me enough to get me to go out and be starting fights and doing things, especially on camera. I have. A testimony that I care about. I have a reputation 
that I care about, that I've worked hard to earn, and I could lose that. And so you are not going to get me to go out there and stir up fights when we live in a world where everybody carries cameras around in their pockets. I'm not going to do anything like that. But these goons, they've got nothing better to do. They have no reputation to lose. They are the vilest of people and the things they do. I, I'm telling you, I, said, I think sometimes we just need a wake-up call. We need a reality check. And you need, to, you need to see what goes on at these things. It's disgusting. And, you know, Christians today, they are so quick to defend the queers and, you know, oh, no, you know, they, they just need the Lord, blah, blah, blah. You know, you know you, their problem is they think that the LGBT people are the characters from their TV shows that they watch. That's what they think they are. But they're not. They're these people you see at the protests. And if you see that, I'm telling you, you'll be disgusted. I've seen these people who've protested churches. And as people are walking their families and their little kids into churches, I mean, these people are just, I mean, women many times. I mean, just screaming, being vile. I mean, just disgusting, disgusting things that they do. And to, to kids, how, how can you do stuff like that? There, listen, there are some, I'm sorry, we live in a world, there is such a thing as a reprobate. The Bible talks about them. And they are, they're vile. They use people that have no rank, reputation. They have nothing to lose. They have nothing to lose. Nothing to lose. They want something to happen. They want to go to these Trump rallies and try to get a Trump supporter to do something to them, to beat them up. They, they don't mind getting beat up or hurt. You know why? Because the only chance these scumbags ever have of getting rich is suing somebody or winning the lottery. And lottery hasn't been going good for them. And so they, do, they want to get beat up. They want, to get, they, they want something to happen. That's their only chance. They know they have no hope of ever getting anywhere in life. They know that they're never going to be able to earn anything themselves. And so these people, you know, these agitators, the Al Sharptons, they tell them, hey, you know, protest. If you do this, these politicians, they're going to give you things that you want. No, they're not. They're not going to give you anything you want. And But they do thinking, that I'll get something. I'll get something from this. And you won't. They're, they're using these people. And, you know, the leadership itself said, why do they use these people to do their fighting for them? You know, wouldn't it make more sense? Wouldn't it carry more weight if these politicians, you know, the big names went out and did the protest? But no, because here's the thing. These people, they don't want to make themselves look stupid. They like to hide in the shadows and they like to be behind the scenes. They're, they, you know, they're, they don't want to look stupid. They don't want you to know that they're the ones behind it. And I've seen this before, even amongst preachers. There was a situation a while back where there was there was one of these trendies that I can't stand. And he wrote a terrible article on one of his little blogs, you know, about about the new independent Baptist. And he, you know, it, it was a terrible article. And boy, there was like a zillion comments. There was all these, you know, a lot of these preachers went on there, and you know, they they attacked him. Well, I found out that certain preachers were going and calling and telling all the little people. To go and hey, we need to stop this guy. You know, go leave comments on there. But you know what? No big names did. None of the big names went on there and left a public comment with their name on it. They had all the little people do it. And it's like you know, it would have meant a lot. It would have been a big deal if you know, Miss, you know, Doctor Big Shot, if you would have done it. But they didn't do it. They sent all the little people out there to do it. Why? I don't know. Maybe they're afraid that guy would make them look stupid. 
You know, are you, are you that shaky in your position that you can't put your name on something? You know, you'll go and talk real big against that guy, you know, in, in, in private or in your church, but you know, go ahead. You say something on there. They don't do that. They have all the little people do it. You know, they send their little yap dogs out there to do their fighting for them. And I, I thought that was disappointing. I heard so many big shots talking about that article and how bad it was, and they were absolutely right, but none of them, you know, they, none of them left comments on there. They had all the little people do it for them, and what a shame that is. But they do these, these agitators, they use people that, that don't have a job. I mentioned that. You know, they fool people into thinking they're going to get something, about, you know, from what they're protesting about. And they fool people into thinking they're doing good or, uh, you know, they fool people into thinking that those doing good are taking things from them. See, what was Paul hurting by giving the gospel? Nothing. But what did the, the, the people, here's the thing, thousands heard Paul preach. Okay, a multitude got saved. What does that tell me? There was probably a multitude that didn't. But you know what? They didn't have a problem with this message. They didn't accept it, but they didn't have a problem with it. But then here come the Jews along telling the people, hey, did you hear what he said? I mean, man, he's, he's trying to, you know, he, they start telling them all these rumors. And now all of a sudden the people are mad. You know, it's kind of like, like you know, I, I hate defending Trump. Okay. But the thing is, Trump's got a lot of problems. But you know what? They're always using the certain lewd fellows of the baser sort to go after him. And I'm just sorry. I just want to be against whatever they're against. Or I want to be for whatever they're against. And, and they're always using those people to go after them. But the, here's the thing. You know, the, most people wouldn't be mad if it wasn't for the news media telling them they should be mad. If it wasn't for the Al Sharptons and the Jesse Jacksons telling them they should be mad. You know, why is it that people listen to them? You know, some guy, some gangbanger's out there. He's selling drugs. He's breaking the law. He's being chased by the cops. And, you know, he pulls a gun and he gets shot. And, you know, you'd think people would be fine with that. But no, they go on and tell him, you know, he, they shot him because he's black. Oh, what? Are you kidding me? There was that one guy in Baltimore that got killed. And that was, you know, that was wrong what they did. They drove him around in that van and he got killed in the ride. Well, the thing is, they automatically went after, you know, they completely went nuts. The agitators got involved. And what was funny is when they found out, and they didn't find out until later, that the guy driving was black. And it was like, but it was too late. They had to stay mad. But the thing is, the people wouldn't have been as mad if it had not been for the agitators. You know, they're always out there stirring people up. And I'm telling you, you know, Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton, those guys, they have done so much to bring black people down. We've got so many good people in this country, you know, that want to help them, want to make a difference. There, there are, there are a lot of good black people, and a lot of people, they have the wrong ideas. These guys are keeping racism alive. You know why? Because the day racism dies, they're out of a job. They are now insignificant. They now, they are irrelevant, and so they are doing everything they can to keep it alive. Even after we elected a black president, they still managed to not only keep it alive, but get it going stronger than ever. Right? And that, that's their job. But look what it says in chapter five, uh, 17, or verse 5. It says, But the Jews which believed not moved with them. He took in them certain lewd fellows of the base resort and gathered a company and set all the city on an uproar and assaulted the house of Jason and sought to bring them out to the people. Okay, you know, they assaulted his house. 
Paul has not hurt anybody. Okay, you and I know the gospel does not hurt anybody. Okay, when we go to somebody's house, we knock on their door, and they reject us. Do we do anything after that? No, we, we don't do anything. I've thought about throwing eggs at the house and stuff before, but no, you can't do that. We would we get in trouble real fast. I'll be wrong, and I've never done it. I have thought about it, but never, never done. It. I had a guy one day. I was out with Daniel. We were out, and some guy, man, he was just an idiot, and just man would not shut his mouth. And you know, we're we're walking away. We're we're being polite, man. I wanted to argue with that guy so bad, so bad, and. Later, I was thinking about it again. I was getting mad. I was like, you know, he's going to go buy an egg at his house tonight. But I didn't do it. I, I wouldn't do that. But I, I do think about those things sometimes. But they do. They, they stir the people up. In fact, you know, and our leaders, they're supposedly governing by the will of the people. But the thing is, they don't have the guts to tell the truth and that the will of the people have been manipulated by evil people. That's the thing. Our country is so dumb today. We are so controlled by Hollywood and the news media. Most of our leaders, they don't have the guts to, to just admit. You know, I mean, thankfully, Trump, I, I, that's why I'm thankful to Trump. He's always bashing the news media. And I love it. And I'm getting tired of people saying Trump's turning the people against the news media. No, only the news media can turn people against the news media. If they tell the truth, people would like them. But everybody hates them. But here's the, here's the difference between Trump in every other politician, Trump is the only one that's had the guts to get up and say, you all are liars and everybody hates you. The rest of the politicians don't do that. Did John McCain ever do that? Did Mitt Romney do that? No. Why? Those, those guys are cowards. You know, Trump, Trump's immoral. He's, he's, got, you know, he's way too liberal for me. So he's, he's got a whole list of problems, but at least he says what he thinks. And I'm telling you, he is right with what he says about the news media. They are. They're dirty. They're scummy. And they are, they're, they're, they're deceiving people. And the thing is, what we are seeing going on in this country with the laws that are being passed, they are not the will of the people. It is not what people really want. The news media has told us this what the people want. The politicians have told us this is what the people want. But it is not what the people want. Okay? It's what the protesters are protesting for. But these are a small, tiny minority. They have scraped off the scum of the earth of humanity. They've picked out, I mean, just the sorriest people in existence, certain lewd fellows of the base of sort, and got them out there and saying, this is what the whole country thinks. And I'm telling you, it's a lie. And it's exactly what they did here in the book of Acts. And look what it says in Mark chapter 15. This isn't the first time this has happened. Mark chapter 15. Well, listen, so not, not everybody's stupid, but sadly, you know, as our public school system continues to dumb our country down, and as you know, television continues to suck the brains out of people and just make people idiots. You know, we're going to see more and more of this kind of thing happen. But look what it says in Mark chapter fifteen, verse six. Now at the feast he released unto them one prisoner, whomsoever they desired, and there was one named Barabbas, which lay bound with them, that had made insurrection with him, who had committed murder in the insurrection. Well, this so Barabbas he killed somebody. Jesus, how many people did he raise from the dead? Okay. Not to mention all the healings that he did that would that stop people from dying. Okay, so it's Jesus who raises people from the dead versus Barabbas who killed somebody. And the multitude crying aloud began to desire him to do as he had ever done unto them. And Pilate answered them, saying, "Will ye that I release unto you the King of the Jews?" 
For he knew that the chief priest had delivered him for envy. Once again, they're going after him out of envy. But the chief priest moved the people that he should rather release perhaps on them. The people wanted Jesus, but the leaders went and they got all these the dumb masses and they told him, no, 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 we don't want Jesus. He's a bad guy. He's wanting to overthrow Caesar. You know, they're just making things up. Oh, really? Really? Is that so? And they did. They, cha- they changed the minds of the people. It wasn't what they really wanted. It wasn't they were thinking. I mean, there is no contest between Barabbas and Jesus. I wonder how many people in this multitude were people he healed. Or people who had family members that he healed. Yet some people come along and tell you, hey, you should be mad. And what do they do? They get mad. Just going along with the crowd. Verse 12, Pilate answered again and said to them, What will he that I shall do unto him whom ye call king of the Jews? And they cried out again, Crucify him. This isn't what they wanted. It was what they were told they wanted. And they didn't have the brains or the will to say, No, we don't want this. And they cried out again, Crucify him. And Pilate said to them, Why? What evil hath he done? And they cried out the more exceedingly, Crucify him. Pilate, he doesn't have the guts to just do the right thing anyway. He just goes along with the people, kind of like our politicians. Our politicians, they'll campaign on one thing. They'll say, you know, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this and this. And then they go and supposedly the will of the people gets changed all of a sudden by these people. You know, they, they manipulate the crowd and they're like, oh, I'm just going along with the people. And that's exactly what Pilate did. You know, he knows it's wrong. You know, the things these people vote for, they got to know they're wrong. Our justices, some of the things they vote on, I mean, what? I'd love to know what was going through their head when they voted on gay marriage. I mean, what were they thinking? What in the world? You know, supposedly, uh, you know, I forgot which one of the supposed conservative judges that voted in favor. I think it was Kennedy voted for that. You know, just it's disgusting. It's sick. They, they have they have no guts. Exactly. Well, that's absolutely true too. Yeah. So, and yeah. And you know, two, two heads from the same monster, you know, just. <laughs> and we see that did it, Pilate, he knew the truth. He did nothing about it. Our leaders, they know the truth. They, they do nothing about it. Why? You know, no, no guts. The Jews, once again, in his story, they stirred the people up and they made them care about something they didn't care about. These people out there doing these things. They don't care about these things. You know, a lot, a lot of the folks in the black community, they weren't worried about getting shot by the cops until somebody told them you should worry about getting shot by the cops. Oh, man, really? I didn't know I was, about to, you know, I didn't know I was in that much danger. Yeah, yeah, you're in, you're in all kinds of danger. You know, I, I remember this guy that I worked with, he came up to me the day after Trump got elected president. And he was just like, yeah, he's like, my wife, she works in the... She works in the public school and she told me about all the Mexican kids coming up to her crying because other kids are telling them they're going to have to leave the country. And I said, first of all, I just told myself, I don't believe that for one second. And I was like, let me tell you something, too. I said, if, <laughs> I said, I said, if the kids did tell these kids that, all right, you know, they're just repeating what their stupid parents heard. All right. You know, it's just, you know, he was making like, all, you know, all these Mexicans think that they're going to have to leave the country and stuff. And it's like. You know, and, and a lot of them are fearing that. A lot of them, they're, they're scared to death. Why? Is it because they've had, what is it, the INS or whatever, knocking on their door? or Whatever they call that group that goes out. 
No, they're not knocking on the door. They're not bonding them. But somebody told them, you, you need to worry about that. You know, Trump wants to get rid of, you know, you know Trump, Trump hates Muslims. Trump wants to kill all Muslims. And you know what? We've got, we've got people in the, quote, Christian community that do the same thing too, that get us stirred up about things that we don't need to be stirred up about. And uh, they do. They get gullible Christians to sometimes get caught up in things that are really stupid. You know, I'm, one thing I'm scared to death of right now, I'm, I'm afraid that some of these things that Trump's doing is going to lead us into World War III. And you know what? If they decide they want to go to war with some of these Muslim countries, all they got to do to get the Christians on board is say, we're trying to help Israel. We got to protect Israel. Oh, okay. And then you, know, you get, we got some dumb Christians. All right, well, you know, let's do it. You know, let's bomb them all. You know, nuke them all. It's for Israel. God will bless us if we do that. You know, man, let me tell you something. Baptists today, they care about the Jews like Democrats care about black people. I, I mean that with all my heart. They give all this lip service, but yet look at what the Democrats have done to the black community. And you know what? We got all these Baptists that being all pro-Jew. Oh, you're wonderful. You're the chosen people. You know, thank you for giving us the Bible. Thank you for you know giving us the Messiah. How do you tell somebody they need to get saved after you've just thanked them for giving everything you have? You know, they're not going to get saved. You're telling them that? You know what you need to tell them? If you really love them, if you really care about them, you'd say, you rejected the Messiah. Jesus is the Messiah. You need to repent. You need to stop trying to work for your salvation. You need to call on the name of the Lord for salvation. That's what, that's what loving people do. That's what somebody like me is going to do. But I'm telling you, it is true. Baptists, they, they, don't, they do not love the Jews. They do not love Israel. They hate them. So just like, no, 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 they love them. Just like these parents who don't spank their kids because they think they love them too much. You know what the Bible says? They hate them. And these, and these parents, they say, no, this is out of love. This is out of love. These Baptists, no, I love the Jews. I love the Jews. You're lying to them. You hate them. I don't care what you say. You're the, they're the Jew haters. We're the, we're the real Jew lovers right here. We're the ones who really love Israel. We're the ones that have the guts to tell them the truth. These people don't. And, and Baptists too, they, they, they say that's about the Democrats and black people all the time. They don't see it. They're the same way. Just phony, phony stuff. But you know what? The Jews, they, you know, one, and they did. They stirred up people, made them care about things that they didn't care about. And we need to be careful about what we let get us stirred up. You know, and who we let stir us up. You know, Mike Huckabee, he, he likes to get the Christians stirred up about things sometimes. And some of the things he tries to get us stirred up about are really stupid. You know, we, we just, you know what we need to do? We need to be like the Bereans that it mentioned there in Acts chapter 17. They were more noble than those in Thessalonica. Those there, and the Bereans there in chapter 17, they heard it, they received it, but then they searched the Scriptures. Hey, before we get all caught up in this, let's make sure... This is lines up with the scriptures. That's what they did. God complimented them for that. And we see things were going great there until George Soros and his group came in from Thessalonica and then they got the people stirred up there too. It's, it's amazing the way things just don't change. And that right there is a great look at a profile of protesters and their agitators. They, we have them today and they are destroying our country. They are, I mean, having way too big of an impact. 
Christians today are scared to death because they are letting certain lewd fellows of the baser sort intimidate them. I'm not going to let scum like that intimidate me. I'm not going to listen to a bunch of protesters. And you know what? they're, They're both bad. The protesters, who's worse? The protesters or the agitators? The ones using them, I don't, I don't you know, that, that's, a t- that's a tough call. Who's more wicked, George Soros or the reprobates that he's getting stirred up? I, I don't know, boy. I mean, these people are of the devil. And they've been around for a long time. And they're probably not going anywhere anytime soon. But next time you watch one of these protests in town, understand those are probably certain lewd fellows of the base resort. Next time you see it on television, don't be influenced by that. Oh, wow, look at, the, look at all those people that came out there. That must be something really important. Nope. We have a growing population of certain lewd fellows of the basis sort. The little life population is growing strong. We have breeding grounds for them in certain places, known as the projects and things, where they are just, it's just, it's, it's ridiculous. It's disgusting. And we just need to see it for what it really is. If you want to know how it really is, Acts chapter 17, things have not changed one bit. Don't be influenced by it. So with that, let's all stand.